Welcome to the main experience. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Main Experience Podcast. You are listening to episode 14. We have got a great show for you today featuring a conversation with actress and producer Casey Turner. Casey has been entrenched in the Portland theater and film scene for more than a decade, working on the stage, in the studio, and behind the camera. Later in the show, we will be featuring the new single Unlearned by the band Gunther Brown off their new album, Heartache and Roses. And finally, we'll be leaving you with a main soundscape recorded on a rainy, snowy day at Wolf's Neck State Park in Freeport, Maine. But first, here's my conversation with Casey Turner. Enjoy. Um, okay, so we are back at our home here at the Studio Portland, and we are joined by Casey Turner, uh, voiceover actress, actress, production, uh, czar. I mean, you're like, I, you're, I've, I've been stalking you a little bit online and seeing all these <laughs> different companies that you're working with and all the projects that you're working on. So yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Today. Happy to be here. Awesome. So, um, Let's since I don't know a ton about you, um, let's jump right into your story. Like, what at what point growing up did you decide? Hey, I kind of want to be involved in the arts and entertainment and media and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, when I was in middle school, so I'm from Buckfield, Maine, which is this tiny little town uh, about half hour north of Auburn. Nothing really going on there. Uh, So growing up, I didn't really pursue anything. I didn't really have any hobbies. And then when I was in middle school, I joined the high school drama club because that's just what my friends were doing. Okay, that's that's something to do. Here we go. And then the uh, there's actually a little theater in Buckfield, Maine, which doesn't make any sense. Why the hell is there a theater in Buckfield, Maine? Uh, But the guy who runs that, Mike McLon, was assistant directing the play that we were doing, and. Uh, from there, he asked me to be his apprentice. So I started working with him, um, working at his theater and traveling with him because he had like this one-man show that he would travel around New England doing. Um, But I guess backtracking a tiny bit, that play that I did in middle school, I remember the very first time I stepped out on stage Mm -hmm. in front of an audience. It was that overwhelming, like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life moments. That's great. And it just, it stuck with me. And so I just developed a passion for it from that instant of stepping in front of an audience for the first time. And so what age was that again? What? Gosh, like 13, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool because, you know, to sort of have that feeling so young, right? Right. To like, no, wow, this really stirs something inside you know and to then just know okay i'm just gonna do this now yeah pursue this and And then the fact that you had um an environment to then kind of flourish in exactly i was so fortunate that i had mike there to you know pull me in and show me the ropes and teach me so much so all throughout high school all of my friends were doing what high schoolers in small town maine do which i don't know (laughs) i don't know getting drunk in the woods (laughs) sure who knows um I was performing and touring and taking workshops with all of these other professional actors. So I really got a leg up in the industry, it felt like. Wow. Um, And then 
I almost went into the circus、mm-hmm. out of high school. I wanted to become a clown and a juggler because that's what I was studying with Mike.、Uh, so I was looking into clowning programs, circus programs,、yep. and at the very last minute, I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of really intrigued by the subtleties of just straight acting, you know, being on stage on film. And so then I ended up going to the University of Southern Maine, where I got a bachelor's in theater. Cool, very cool. So, so yeah,、um, acting. Were you always、um, kind of more comfortable in front of the camera or on the stage or all of that? And did you? When did you start doing sort of backstage stuff and sort of going into like that side of of things as well?、Uh, I've I've always been a bit of a control freak. Yeah. So being backstage, I'm able to do that. So you probably make a really good stage manager. I think so. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah.、Uh, it wasn't until,、uh, gosh, six, seven years ago.、Um, talking about more production work. So I graduated college and I immediately got a day job because of student loans and everything.、Yeah. Um, but was still doing theater on top of that. Um, I was working in restaurants and kitchens, you know, as a headline cook、uh, locally here in Portland for a little while, and I just really needed to get out of that environment because、yeah. I was turning into a really salty, curmudgeonly person,、yeah. and I didn't like that.、Yeah. So I quit that, and then through connections, I ended up working for Lone Wolf Media. They do a lot of one-off documentary specials for like History Channel, PBS,、uh, Smithsonian.、Um, Types of work like that, and I, I got in at this ground level job as a media logger. Super basic. I'm just looking at archival footage and categorizing it for the editors. And then a couple weeks into that process, I was overhearing the、uh, the producer talking about needing voiceover talent for the show. So I just sent her a really quick email. I'm like, you know, I'm a local actor. If you want to hire locally instead of nationally, some strangers, you know, just let me know, and I'm happy to set up some auditions or whatever. The very next day, she promoted me to associate producer and put me in charge of casting, and so I had to learn all of this on the fly. Like I was booking local talent, but also national and international talent, and just figuring all of it out. And from there, everything I've done in production, I've just learned、yeah. as I was told to do it, <laughs> which is a really exciting and you know trial by fire sort of way of learning what you're doing.、Yeah. Um, But since then, I've done a lot of producing work. So, associate produced a few specials with Lone Wolf.、Um, right now, I'm their producer of reenactments. So,、um, we're doing this series for the Smithsonian Channel that's very、uh, reenactment based. So,、mm-hmm. I, I help coordinate or I coordinate all of that for them.、Um, That was sort of my intro into the production side. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, was that you,、um, your first? Foray into voiceover acting, or were you already doing voiceovers? No, totally different story. Oh, okay. Yeah,、uh, so that was just clicking on the production side yeah, of my、okay. brain, like the spreadsheets and calendars.、Yeah. Oh, I'm really working on that side. So voiceover took off when Bill DeFries from Mind's Eye Productions contacted me. He was casting an audio drama version or the audio comic version of Lock and Key, which is Joe Hill's big、um, graphic novel series. And a bunch of people in the local theater scene had recommended me, so I went in and I auditioned,、uh, and I got a couple small parts in that. And then from there, he's like, you know, you should really, you should really narrate audio books. So I went in and I recorded a demo. And since then, he's been, you know, giving me audio books to narrate for Audible and Hachette and all of these big labels. 
uh, these big companies. And then from there, I realized, oh, voiceover work is so much fun because I just have to worry about my performance. I don't have to worry about memorizing lines. I don't have to worry about what I look like, the camera department, the lights. Like, it's just getting to have fun with other actors. Uh, So I really ran down that path. It's just so much fun to do. Very cool. Very cool. So is there any projects currently that you're either acting in or producing or working on that like you're excited about or coming up that you can talk about? Yes. Now this is where I'm going to pull out the photo of my whiteboard (laughs) so that I can get all of that. That's good that you have that much to promote and talk about. That's a, that's a good good problem to have. Yeah. Um, so very quickly, in a nutshell, I've got some theater stuff, like onstage acting that I'm doing. I've got some voiceover projects, um, Mind's Eye Productions with Bill DeFries. I've just become the production manager for him. So we've got some audio drama projects coming up. Uh, I'm also on the board of directors for the Dramatic Repertory Company, which is a local theater company. And um, I've been doing a lot with the Maine Film Association. I'm on their um, social and outreach committee. Uh, so that's it in a nutshell. Plus yep. all the work I'm doing for Lone Wolf as their producer of reenactments. Um, but right now I just started rehearsals for the Pack, uh, Pack of Lies with Good Theater right up on Munjoy Hill at the St. Lawrence Art Center. Uh, so that will open uh, at the end of next month, which is February. <laughs> I had to remember what the day was today. <laughs> uh, and then immediately after that, I go into rehearsals for You Got Older with Mad Horse out in South Portland. Cool. Um, so those are the big theater projects. I'm also narrating a pilot documentary series called Life 2.0. That's uh, all about these uh, technological and scientific advancements in the study of life. Cool. Uh, so they're hoping to find uh, um, a channel, yeah. a, a place to, to put it, yeah. um, someone to buy it. Uh, another voiceover project I just got cast. We haven't started working on it. It's called Hot Dog. <laughs> and it's a scholastic uh, comic book oh, cool. uh, by this great writer, Ando, Um I get to play a lizard. Her name is Lizzie. I think she's a magician. Uh, but that's that's also one that I'm production managing with Bill DeFreeze. Um, so I'm really excited to start that one. Oh, gosh, what else am I doing? I think that's those are the big ones that I'll talk about. Cool. Everything else is just sort of like little projects that yeah. I'm, I'm tetrising into my, yeah. my schedule and just happy to lend a hand with. Cool. Um, so my next question is, because you mentioned about playing a lizard. <laughs> um, you know, what's your creative approach when you're approaching a role? Like sort of what do you do to get into the headspace to approach something on, on the page? It's all in the script. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those actors who believes that you don't need to spend time creating the backstory because everything – that the playwright wanted to convey is in the script. Mm -hmm. So it's just reading through, taking notes, even scenes that you're not in, there might be stuff about you in them. So just really putting in the time and the effort to dig and excavate the script. Um, One of my biggest pet peeves when people talk about acting, like, oh, you're an actor. You must be really good at lying. It's like acting is about being honest. Ah, It's, It's about empathy and being able to put yourself in other people's shoes. Right. And so if you're playing a character where you don't you haven't been in that situation, 
just imagine what it would be like yeah. to be in that situation. And, you know, we're all naturally, or not everyone, but a lot of people are naturally fairly empathetic. And so you can, you can start to feel what that's like. And the more that you rehearse and you develop that, you can bring more of that to life. Uh-huh. And so it's just about being as real as possible. Huh. Great advice. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all there. It's all there in the story. It's all there on the page. Yep. And you just got to dig into it. Yeah. And, and and pull pull it out of yourself. Exactly. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, in your producing work and all of that other stuff, you sort of, I'm sure, have seen a lot of sort of crazy situations and high stress situations and tight deadlines and tight budgets. And um, do you have any advice for people that want to get involved in the entertainment industry and haven't or imagine what it's like behind the camera or just sort of any sort of anecdotes about, you know, how to deal with those situations best? Yeah. When it comes to stress, I think the biggest lesson I learned was that it's, not life or death. You know, I'm I'm a workaholic. I'm someone who gives 110%. Uh, and I got really burned out doing that, especially with the production work, because as the associate producer, you're like the mom of the team. You're the one who organizes and coordinates everything. Uh, you need to make sure that people are fed and housed and happy and warm and when things start to go wrong, it's all your fault. Right. It, or at least it's really easy to feel yeah. like it's all your fault. And that was starting to kill me. Uh, and I actually had a bit of an office space moment where I wasn't hypnotized, <laughs> but I had that snap where it's like, oh, no one's going to die. Yeah. We're all going to be okay. Yeah. I don't need to care this much about it. Uh, and that really helped me to just pull back yeah. and take a more leveled, realistic approach to all of the things that were stressing me out. And just realizing that you have time. Like you might have tight deadlines. You might be running out of money. But you can take the time to breathe. Think about it. Set it aside. For a minute and then come back to it and figure it out. Yeah. You don't need to freak out about it. It's good advice. It's good advice for people in, you know, in any situation, right? It's yeah. It's like when stress gets too much, being able to take a step back and see the, the big picture yeah. is a huge thing. Yeah. And if you don't, then you might overreact and make it worse. Yes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you said you're from Maine. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you so, you said you stayed here and went to college. So have you gone, um, as, as I talk to people from Maine, there seems to be a theme of either never have left or left and came back because they wanted to come back or came back because they had to come back. Yeah. So what's been your personal relationships with Maine been like? I am a Mainer through and through. Okay. Uh, born and raised in Maine. I have never spent more than two weeks away at a time. Um, And I just learned about my family history too. Both sides of my family uh, came over on the Mayflower. Oh, wow. And we've been in Maine almost as long. Yeah. Like they they landed and then they scooted boot up to Maine and that's where we've been. That's Uh, awesome. That's awesome. So I'm a bit of a rebel coming down to Portland. <laughs> yeah, you know? right, right. 
Yeah, you're like you came to the big city, right? Exactly. It's like Yeah. Um what was that motivation? Well, in your line of work, right? You probably Definitely. thought like I got to be in Portland, yeah. Yeah. If you want to stay in Maine and do this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when I was graduating high school and started auditioning for colleges, Maine USM was my last choice. It was like my safety net. Uh, I really shot for the stars and auditioned at Juilliard and the University of the Arts in Ithaca. But because of my training in vaudeville and not so much with a script, I didn't quite know how to prepare for those auditions. So I definitely felt like I was a little behind. So I obviously didn't get into those programs. Um, But I'm very thankful that I stayed and went to USM. Um, And after I graduated college, I kept thinking and saying and telling people, oh, you know, I'm going to move to Boston. I'm going to move to New York, Chicago, L.A. And I just kept feeling like in order to be a really well-rounded, developed person, you need to leave and get out and experience the world. And I still believe that to a degree, but right now I am happy to call Portland and Maine my home base and to go and work and to travel and experience, but come back to Portland. And, you know, it's becoming a destination city. You know, people are coming here in droves. So why would I leave? Especially when this industry, uh, film, theater, voice, all of this is really taking off and it's so much easier to do it remotely. So I'm I'm choosing quality of life over quantity of work. It's fantastic. And that makes me so happy. Yes. Um actually about a year ago I was down in New York City and I got the chance to to meet and work with my all-time hero, Kate Mulgrew, who a lot of people know as Red in Orange is the New Black, but okay. she will always be Captain Catherine Janeway of the Starship Voyager. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know what? I never even like put that together yes. that that's who that is. Of course that's her. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got a chance to work with her on an audio drama that I was doing oh, with cool. Bill DeFries and our, uh, our friend Fred Greenhalge. And uh, we were down there and I had a chance to like walk back from the diner to the recording studio, just me and her. And I was trying not to fangirl too much. And she knew that I was an actress because Bill had brought it up. And she's like, why don't you ever come down to New York and audition? I'm like, why would I? I'm constantly busy up in Maine doing the things that I love and making a living out of it. And I love it up there. And she just goes, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It, it, absolutely. You know, it's it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like if you are where you want to be doing, doing what work- you love. Yes. Why go anywhere else? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I like to travel as much as I can just to get that experience. Of but I'm so happy where I am. Why would I go anywhere else to start over? Yeah. You know, I've worked so hard over the last dozen years here in Portland to have the career and the social life that I have here. And I I am a full-time freelancer. I don't have a day job. I, I'm an actor and producer. And so to go elsewhere, like, I would have to move for an opportunity. Yeah. But again, Maine is just such an amazing place that I, I don't see why I would want to yeah. leave. Yeah. And even, you know, and even if, like, an opportunity presents itself and you go somewhere for a short amount of time, knowing where you are ultimate, like, heart and home is that's that's a 
that's a, a good feeling to have. I'm like, nodding vigorously yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like no matter what, you know, when, when, no matter what happens in life, you know that you'll always love this place. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what it's like um, being a freelancer in the Portland and greater Maine community? Um, mm-hmm. Sort of challenges, inspiring things about it, um, just kind of more on that front? Yeah, it's I think the the biggest challenge but also the greatest thing about it is that it is a right now a small tight knit community. Um so I don't have an agent, I have a community. I don't need to rely on um how do I want to say this? Uh, I, I don't need to to do the hustle. You know, yeah. there's always opportunities. People are so passionate and constantly creating work. And if you are a good person that's easy to work with, people are going to bring you into the mix. Uh, so there's there's always work to be done. Uh, you just need to be a good, strong member of the community. Yeah. Um, but it is a small community. There are some people who have moved here and had a hard time breaking into it. Um, but it's growing, and I think we're every every field is really improving right now. Yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah. It seems like it's a really exciting time to be in Maine and yes. in Portland because yeah. it does seem to be growing. And more and more people are coming and visiting, and mm-hmm. it's exciting. Yeah, Very and much. they're advancing what we're doing yeah. currently. Yeah. You know, Mainers stay in Maine, and so we have a very Maine way of doing things and a very Maine perspective. But, you know, with the, the increasing diversity, I feel like it's it's only improving yeah. what we're doing. Yeah, very cool. Um, is there any places in Maine that you, like, really love to visit that are some of your favorite that you like sharing? Some people have been like this question. They've been like, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you where I like to walk my dog. No way. <laughs> you know. Uh, so any places that you feel comfortable sharing as a cool day trip, weekend trip, you know, that sort of thing. God, I wish I got out more. <laughs> yeah, some people have had that response too. Like, man, I really need to yeah. see more. <laughs> It's true. I spend so much time working that I don't really get out to explore. And it's funny, my last two, my only two vacations, they just happen to be recent, uh, I, I went abroad. I went mm. international. And whenever I come home, it's like, why didn't I just go to like down east or up north? Like there's so many beautiful spaces in Maine that I don't need a passport for. Yeah. Like, I don't need, a, you know, some gas money and some snacks. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's uh, there's just so many beautiful places. Um, I wish I had a, an actual answer for this question. Growing up, did you guys ever take any, like, trips around the state oh. to some of your favorite spots or anything? Yeah. Growing up, we would always go up to uh, the, the Moosehead area. Moosehead Lake? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Aziska Haas. Out in that area. Cool. Um, just uh, camping trips, hiking, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, last summer, I did go far east to uh, – what's out there? What's far east? Um, uh, Quaddy Head State Park. Okay. Uh, that area. And it was mind-blowing how beautiful it was. It's like, oh, you know, when I was in Scotland, I saw vistas like this, but this is in my backyard. Yeah. Such an 
dummy for not <laughs> realizing that sooner in my life. Um, yeah. Man, Have you been just... to like Mount Desert Island and Bar Harbor and that yeah. whole? Yeah. That, that whole that area up there is like incredible. Yeah. And even driving up to the tippy top of Maine up in Madawaska, I went there recently and it's so pristine and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was up to Arusta County for my first time the other week, uh-huh. and the people were so amazing and nice, and everything was so beautiful and so remote, yes. you know, and it's like, um, the one guy said, uh... The one guy up in Arusta County? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that one person we saw... <laughs> no, this guy he gave he gave um a friend I was with like a pack of matches and was like that's like what we do up here is like a, a welcome because like no one ever leaves home without a pack of matches because it could save your life. Funny. And it's like wow, that's like that's a really cool way to view the world. I mean, it's it's not life isn't easy up there, so they yeah. appreciate it a little bit more. I think. Oh, that's so sweet. I don't know, but <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've become, I've only I'm new to Maine. If you didn't gather that, so I've like. So fascinated by all the new places that I'm discovering and all that stuff. So, um, you mentioned that you worked in some kitchens and mm-hmm. stuff. So, is there any places that you love to eat and drink in Portland? Yeah. That I know. Again, it's like there's too many to to name. Yeah. But what are your go tos like? There's also too many to even know. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I feel like every time I go down into the old port, there's a new restaurant where an old one was, and so it's so hard to keep track of what's even available. Yeah. Um, this is where I'm going to get into the I'm not giving up my secrets. Ah, okay. Because especially my coffee shops, oh. I'm I'm somebody who loves my coffee. Okay. And I hate packed coffee shops or bars like my favorite thing is going out on a monday night where there's no one else there i love that i'm with you on that i hate bars that are packed yeah it's like i i I go out to talk to whoever i'm going out with exactly you know so if you can't talk like what are we doing exactly yeah um but if i were to name some places uh I love getting takeout from Pie Men when I need a quiet night in to recharge. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm meeting friends for drinks, there's always LFK. Uh, Congress Street Bar and Grill has been one of my oldest haunts since college. Okay. Even with the new ownership, it's still a solid place to go. Okay. Um, date night, there's uh, Baharat, which is amazing. Yep. Uh, there's Asmara which is this Eritrean restaurant. It's super small, but incredible food. Cool. Um, North Point's always super cozy, getting harder to get into. So that's fine. Yeah. Good for them, I guess. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, let's see. What else did I have here? Um, I nor- I'm normally a little more graceful about wrapping this up. But- <laughs> I feel like I want to talk to you about more stuff. Oh, um, man. Yeah. We, we can dive in. What, what did I miss? Um, I, I think if I were to to think of a note to end on, I think it would just be the importance of theater. Okay. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of focus on developing the film community, which I'm 100% you know, a part of and in favor for. But I I would love to see the theater community grow even more. And by that, I mean like the audience. Um, I find that, you know, we, we talked earlier about 
um, to be an actor, you really need to be empathetic and put yourself in other people's shoes. And I think that's that's something that the audience learns. You know, when you read a book or watch a movie, see a play, you're able to do that by putting yourself in their shoes and experience that and go, oh, my God, I had no idea that that's something that somebody could feel or other people feel the same way that I do. I feel really seen and represented. And that is so important. Um, And the reason why I love theater more than I do any other format, which they're all equally valid, but when you are with other people, you get that group mentality. And it's when you're with other people, it's easier to laugh harder or to cry harder or to feel something because you're surrounded by other live energy. And as far as being an actor up on stage, you can feel that. And it, it really helps you. And it's so cathartic for the entire audience, everybody up on stage. And I just feel like it it just makes you a better person. Wow. That <laughs> – well, I did uh, – you know, I was like, how are we, we going to wrap this up? And I feel like <laughs> you found the perfect sentiment to wrap it up on because, I mean, that's what art is all about, right? Yes. Art is about stirring emotion, seeing yourself in someone else, seeing something from someone else's perspective. Yes. And I know those are my favorite songs or movies or mm-hmm. books or something that, that makes that, – that I see in myself – you know, some emotion, some memory, you know, something that's stirred within me based on something that I'm watching. Um, so I love that. I love mm. that. Let's 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 leave this on. Everybody go out and see some local theater, right? Yeah. Get in a group with other human beings. Mm-hmm. Shut the devices down. Put them yes. on silent. Leave them at home. Go out and watch some real art happen live in front of your face. Yes. I I will leave it at that. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for coming on the show. Um, This was a lot of fun. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the stage and hearing your voice everywhere. And um, (laughs) we won't see you behind the camera, but we know you'll be working Uh, hard there too. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks again to Casey for coming on the show to discuss her career and life in Maine. You can catch her on stage in Pack of Lies playing at the Good Theater in Portland right now, running through March 8th. You can also see her in You Got Older at the Mad Horse Theater in South Portland running April 16th to May 3rd. And finally, she'll be at the Theater at Monmouth all summer performing in Julius Caesar, Cymbeline, and The Agitators. So take Casey's advice and go see a live performance at a main theater soon. Next up is our main music feature. For those of you who have listened to most of our other episodes, you probably know the music of Greg Klein by now. Greg was the first musician I interviewed on the show last year, and I have featured his music on a few different episodes. Now I am happy to share the new single from a band that Greg is a member of, Gunther Brown. Their new album, Heartache and Roses, is being released today, and they will be performing at their album release show tomorrow at One Longfellow Square in Portland. You can get the new album on streaming services today and locally at Bull Moose Record Stores. I highly recommend you check it out. It is full of amazing songs and stellar performances. So it's my pleasure to share one of them with you now. Here is Unlearned by Gunther Brown. 
Unlearned by Gunther Brown. Go get their new album out today and check the show notes to follow them on Facebook to keep up with upcoming events. That is going to do it for episode 14. We are going to leave you with a main soundscape that I recorded on a snowy, rainy hike at Wolf's Neck State Park in Freeport, Maine. Thanks for listening to the Maine Experience Podcast. Catch you on the next episode.
the main experience is produced by Audio Evolutions. Audio Evolutions is a small business run by me, Jason DeWald, and I would love to work with you on your next project. In the modern age of digital media, it is easier than ever for people to be creative, but poor audio quality can distract from all of your hard work and ruin your project. Let Audio Evolutions help evolve your sound to the next level. Offering services ranging from full-scale music production for your next album, podcast production to give you the professional sound you deserve, audio post-production for video, location sound recording for video shoots, and even voiceovers. Send an email to jason at audioevolutions.net and let me know how Audio Evolutions can help you evolve the way your world sounds.